This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Back of the net, Dubinsky drives it around, held in by McAvoy. Shoots blocked, held in by McAvoy. Along the near side, fired, they score! David Posternak whistled in a one-timer deep in the left circle. Got it by Bobrovsky, just trickled over the line. one nothing Bruce. That was your first Stanley Cup playoff goal tonight. Since then, a couple more as the Bruins lead the Blue Jackets 2-1 with eight minutes left in the first period. Pasternak and Bergeron for Boston. Panarin, his fifth of the postseason, scoring for the Blue Jackets. Later on tonight, 8 o'clock start, it's the Sharks taking on the Avalanche. San Jose leading that series two games to one. The Toronto Raptors playoff series resumes tonight in Philadelphia. Game three of the best of seven as that series is tied 1-1. We'll keep you updated on the scores as we go along. We'll also keep you updated on the CFL draft. We are live here at Commonwealth Stadium. Reed Wilkins checking in tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to Morley Scott in a minute or two here about what could unfold in the next uh, 30 to 60 minutes with the top pick of the draft, which belongs to Toronto. The Eskimos at number three. Are they going to get a D-lineman there? Maybe a Canadian to compliment Kwaku Boateng on the D-line. We'll talk about that. The news from the hockey world today is uh, definitely affecting the Edmonton Oilers. Kelly McCrimmon staying with the Vegas Golden Knights. He becomes their new general manager, getting bumped up from assistant general manager. George McPhee will uh, stay on as president of hockey operations. Of course, McCrimmon's name has been, well, I mean, really ever since Peter Shirelli was fired, he's been uh, bandied about as a, a possible general manager for your Edmonton Oilers. Very well thought of, especially in uh, in uh, Western Canada, in WHL circles. Longtime uh, executive and coach with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, and I think this is a situation where Vegas probably looked at it and said, well, Every general manager position that becomes available in the next two, three, or four years, which, heck, in that time frame is probably going to be half the league, <laughs> Kelly McCrimmon's going to be mentioned as a candidate, and we're going to have to field requests and decide what we want to do. So I think Vegas looks at this and says, why not just keep him? So they have done that. So for the Oilers, still a lot circling around Mark Hunter from the London Golden Knights. Obviously, Keith Gretzky has been the acting general manager since Shirley was fired. And uh, I think he's a strong candidate for the job as well. As I've said before, well, here's the thing. First of all, I mean, you as an Oilers fan base have been hurt so often over the last 15 years or so and had so many expectations sputter out and come up short. Um that I, I think whoever is hired 
there will be extreme pessimism. Uh, the, the gentleman's record will be picked apart. All, you know, all his mistakes, all his shortcomings will be uh, highlighted. And it's, I think, many of you, I hate to speak for you, but I, I talked to enough of you throughout the, throughout the year. I think many of you will just assume it's going to be more bad news here in Edmonton. You will have to give the guy the chance. And, and as I've been saying, whoever the new GM is, you know when we're going to know how he's done? Probably the summer of 2021. That's when we'll start getting an evaluation on how whoever the new uh, general manager is uh, has done. Whoever comes in, there there will be black marks. I mean, heck, when George McPhee went to Vegas, what were a lot of people saying? Yeah, give the expansion team the guy that traded Forsberg for Erat. The expansion team can have him. Well, people don't say that anymore. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes, uh, and we'll talk more about that as we uh, move along. It is 6-11. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Eskimos, joins me now as we uh, get ready for the opening pick in the uh, CFL draft. Morley, good to see you, buddy. Uh, hi, Reid. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, checking in. I know the picks are going to start coming probably any minute, maybe around the bottom of the hour we might have the Eskimos pick. Maybe uh, not yeah, quite. I would say close to Approximately. that. Approximately. So before we get to that, first overall, uh, I mean, I've, I've been reading some, some mock drafts and looking at guys, and I, and I see a few different names in that number one position. The, 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 the gentleman that it sounds like Toronto is going to take, I've seen him as low as like 22nd in some mock drafts. That is the weirdest thing about the CFL draft is that every team has different needs, and, and a lot of teams don't go by best player available because – the guy you draft can step in in the next year or two, for sure. It's not like drafting a hockey, uh, like the NHL draft where you're drafting guys other than the elite players. You're drafting guys for two or three years down the line. These guys are going to, some of them are going to step in this year and be on the practice roster. Some of them are going to play. Some of them are going to start. And I think that's why teams draft more by position. And of course, it's the Canadian draft, which means it's offensive linemen, the odd D linemen, uh, a safety or two, and uh, receivers. And I think that is, uh, it depends on what your team needs and what your team uh, needs as far as depth goes. I think that's what people were looking for. So uh, it could honestly, Reed, there could be nine different guys on top of uh, every team's list. Every team could have a different guy that they would take first if they had to pick. And the uh, the lineman that we're talking about is Shane Richards out of Oklahoma State, which we can tie into uh, Chuba Hubbard from, from uh, Sherwood Park, just outside of Sherwood Park. Open up some holes for him. Who uh, went the, the Edmonton area kid who uh, went and played and has been doing really good mm-hmm. with, with, uh, with Oklahoma State. He'll be eligible for the CFL draft in a couple of years, which will be a story, story then. So it could be an O-lineman. Uh, the Eskimos' uh, recent drafts, we, we, we should just recap, uh, and Jordan Hoover, by the way, who was taken in 2017, is going to join us here in a few minutes. I mean, last year, the Eskimos wound up, didn't didn't have a first-round pick. First pick in the second round, they put Godfrey, uh, they took Godfrey on Yekka, and he was... He's with the team, the team all season all long. Had had uh, a couple of uh, games off due to injury, but uh, he was a special teams guy. Played a little bit when guys were hurt. So uh, a guy that they're developing and uh, who's going to be in the mix this year along with Jordan Hoover, who, as you said, sitting beside you for that uh, safety spot. last uh, Was vacated with the release of Neil King earlier this offseason. So general manager Brock Sunderland, his first draft was 2017 yes. with the Eskimos. Came Man, in. did he hit a home run in 2017. Well, uh, I mean, Nate Bahar. Made a couple of great catches this past season. Now he's, he's basically won on. the game in Winnipeg to start That's the season right. last year with those great catches. Uh, very, very uh, uh, versatile receiver. Didn't start. I don't know if he started a game, but he played a lot and he played every position and was very useful. And they lost him in free agency this year to the Ottawa Redblacks. 
so how many guys from 2017? I mean, uh, J.S. Waugh on the O-line. Still here. Chris Malumba, Chaminga. Uh, started many games. He's a uh, great picker. Uh, and Hoover has, standing yep. by. Now, Justin Sr. is an interesting one because he went 40th to the Eskimos out of Mississippi State. And, and if everybody knew he was going to play, he would have gone first. Right. Uh, because he's a great he's offensive lineman, lineman, but he's in the NFL, kicking around the NFL for the last couple of years, and still may end up in, here at some point. Uh, you have to take the patient route with him, of course, if you're going to select a player like that. And uh, Kwaku Boteng, who's been outstanding on the D-line Good for the pick. Eskimos. Fifth round. 40, 41st <laughs> overall in 2017. So in this third spot for the Eskimos, I, again, looking at mock drafts and things can change quickly. Is it, is it a, maybe more than fifty-fifty? It's going to be a D lineman. I, I, I think that's the position that they need to fill because if you're going to have a, obviously, if you have a Canadian starter, you need a Canadian backup. And Kweku Boteng has moved into the position where he's going to be a, uh, a continue to be a regular starter, and he's going to play uh, as much as possible. But you need a backup for him, and I think the the position the Eskimos are in, they want to get that that extra defensive Canadian defensive lineman to spell him off a little bit and keep the ratio the same at other spots. So the guy. I'm looking at, and and he falls maybe in the same position as Justin Sr. did last year, is Matthew Betts. He's already signed an NFL contract with the Chicago Bears to go to their summer camps. Okay. Uh, So so, he wouldn't come to Eskimos camp then? uh, No, unless he got released in the next two weeks, which would be doubtful. Right. So uh, you have to be patient with him. He could be here in July. He could be here in August. He could be here in September, or he might not be here at all this year or further down the line if he gets a chance to play uh, with the Chicago Bears, or if he has all you need is one good preseason in the NFL and if you get cut by that team someone saw that tape they'll pick you up and you'll get recycled and you'll get you'll get a couple of years out of that in the NFL just by having one good game because right. people will remember you for that. Right. So they'll have to be patient. But he's the guy, I think, that they're going to take that, that is on their radar for that third uh, position because they need to fill that spot. And I think they're good enough at the in, in Canadian depth that they can wait. They can be patient and they can wait for him uh, to become available. And the Argos have taken Shane Richards first overall offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State. They'll be looking to uh, replace Sir Vincent Rogers, who, who signed with the Edmonton uh, Eskimos. Now, Richards at the Combine uh, didn't want to do it. He <laughs> he was one of a couple of guys. Matthew, Matthew Betts was like that, too. They didn't, said, didn't take part. Don't, yeah. don't need to and measure my stuff. Right? Rumor has it. To do the <laughs> yeah, rumor has it that pushes you down. That drop has your stock drop a little bit, but obviously not in this case. He's just too good a guy for the Argos to turn their back on at that number one spot. Okay, we'll keep you updated. Uh, Boston leading Columbus 2-1, five minutes left in the first period. Edmonton Eskimos defensive back Jordan Hoover is standing by. He's on when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, the Edmonton Eskimos now on the clock. They have the third pick in the CFL draft. Shane Richards, offensive lineman, first overall to Toronto. Jesse Gibson, another offensive lineman out of Waterloo, has gone second overall to Hamilton. So that's a good place to start with our guest this evening, Jordan Hoover, who's a defensive back for the Edmonton Eskimos. And you played your U-Sports football at Waterloo. So did you cross over with uh, Jesse Gibson at all? Uh, I did. Uh, uh, early on in his career, late on in mine, um, Jesse was a uh, top-tier offensive lineman uh, being recruited in the country. I actually had the pleasure of playing with him and uh, privilege to uh, play with him uh, alongside him in Waterloo. 
All right. Uh, are you surprised to see him being a first-round pick? No, no. You saw uh, that coming? Yeah, uh, you know what? First round for sure. Second, very, very, uh, you know, proud and happy for him. Um, you know, he's a um, high-caliber, you know, talent and coming in, into Waterloo, uh, highly recruited. Um, just uh, the two years I got to see him play, just uh, his willingness to get better, his drive, his commitment to the team, are just it's not surprising to see him uh, in a position like this. Um, uh, just, wow, congratulations, Jesse. Uh, this is That's incredible, bro. I'm, I'm very proud of you. Right on. So, Jordan, a good good chance to get to talk to you and uh, get to know you a little bit and tell your story beyond the uh, guy uh, in Hillman and pads if we can't see his face but he's yeah. that's the thing about football players right unless, yeah. unless you're mike no one knew what you look like right right of course of course <laughs> but uh especially the defensive guys you only get especially the defensive backs yeah you only get you only are on the highlight reel when you make a mistake right yeah make a mistake or or a big play <laughs> or get a pick that's yes right, that's but, right. and in college you you led canada in interceptions one uh year. i did i did actually um had the you know uh honor of holding that top spot i believe it was uh five interceptions that year um good enough for first in the country and were you uh, uh, playing corner half or safety in university? Field halfback. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the transition, you know, to uh, the CFL was different. Um, as you know, uh, Canadians don't often play that position. So, um, you know, I, I uh, immediately came here and uh, they immediately thought, you know, safety. Safety would be a good transition for him. But, uh, you know, whether it was numbers or, you know, uh, the playbook or something like that, uh, I got uh, moved out to corner. Uh, I got to learn from some, some brilliant uh Canadian DBs in front of me uh, and just learn the playbook, learn the system, learn everything, the speed, the physicality, you know, like just sit on that, that corner island and just kind of look at the field and watch it, everything that's happening, you know, so it's, uh, it was um, rewarding, rewarding and not starting where, you know, originally planned, but uh, the journey, to, it, you know, I, I believe I you know, get another opportunity back there this year, but uh, it just, I'm thankful for the opportunity to play corner, even though I never had it in my entire life, basically, until that point, so it kind of came as a surprise, but uh a pleasant one, absolutely. I, I, I want to go back just a couple of years to your draft day. You mm-hmm. went 31st overall in in, uh, in 2017. I mean, Morley and I were just talking about it. The, the Canadian college draft can be uh, pretty wild, a yeah. little unpredictable. Like I was absolutely. saying, I was saying to Morley, I was looking at all these mock drafts mm-hmm. and like. Some people are predicting a guy is going to go in the first round. Somebody else has him going in the fourth right. round based on team needs and sometimes if a player might have an NFL uh, NFL opportunity. What do you remember about the lead-in to – well, I mean, take me back to the combine. Sure. First of all, what kind of stuff did you have to do? Did you ever think, like, who cares what my vertical is if I can knock down a ball and <laughs> intercept the pass? Fair enough. Uh, so, <laughs> so I guess I'll start with this. Um, combine is a great opportunity to, you know, evaluate the talent uh, in front of you. You know, um, it is only limited to two, three days. So uh, it's hard to get a, a true evaluation on someone like that. But it's a good opportunity to see their raw talent. Um, a lot of evaluation is put on game film as well. So uh, come, come draft day, you know, that you find – uh, the top tier talent goes in the first round. Sometimes you find top tier talent in the backgrounds, and, and sometimes vice versa. You get uh, some people going the first that you know who are very good in college, very good athletes, and it somehow during the system of it all kind of branch off and, and you know um, find a different route. But then sometimes you got people from the back, you know, drafted fifth take uh, Kwaku Boateng for example. Yeah. Just a <laughs> wow, diamond in the rough, really. What a gem, you know, what a steal on the draft. That so it just goes to say, like, it, f- as, from a player's perspective or even a coaching perspective, it you know. 
there's it's a hard to evaluate someone you know in such a, a short amount of time and, and get to know them as a person i mean for myself going through the national uh combine i only had interviews with uh three of the nine teams so really never a chance you think they'd all talk to you well you would think but uh but that being said the uh, i was a regional combine invitee first in toronto so um when i got picked up and in, invited into the national combine it was uh three or four days later so I, it was a late late add to the national roster. So I guess uh, m- most of the uh, interview processes had already been set up. So, so what were the interviews like? And I ask you this because I, I've I've talked to a lot of players like you, mm-hmm. and who went through the CFL draft, and obviously I've talked to a lot of players who have gone through the NHL draft and and combine. As the Eskimos, uh, I'm just going to quickly uh, jump in with this. Uh, the Eskimos have indeed taken defensive lineman Matthew Betts with the third overall pick. But as Morley mentioned, he does have a contract with the Chicago Bears, so we'll see. But maybe a compliment there for, for Boating because he'd like another Canadian on that, that spot. I think that's a, a great pick. Um, you know, uh, Kwaku is uh, still very young, has many years ahead of him to play, and to put another young man behind him with uh, the ceiling, you know, is limitless for him, the potential I've seen and, all, you know, all the news, all the hype around him. I mean, it's very exciting, uh, very exciting pick for us in, here in Edmonton. So, uh, Matthew, congratulations. Uh, welcome to the team we're uh, very excited to, to have you I, I know I, sp- I can't speak for everybody but I'm sure you know the feeling is mutual but uh, congratulations and welcome to the team Matthew Betts out of Laval they've won a few games in the last uh, yeah. couple, Hi- couple decades yeah. I guess highly, <laughs> so- highly prestigious team out there <laughs> Okay, so the reason I ask you about the interview process, I, I can't remember who it was now. It was a young man who went through the uh, the NHL combine, mm-hmm. and he said one team asked him, what kind of donut would you be if you were a donut? Sure. Did you get anything odd like that from uh, CFL club? You know what? I wish I, wish I would have. Um... <laughs> Those those are those would be the types of questions I'd love to answer. You know that's that's I know it's uh it's very football specific weekend, but like you want to get to know the person as a human being as well. It's not it can't just be all about football. But uh, you know I remember being nervous for the interviews. They were you know grueling and they're really trying to get a sense of who you are in a very short amount of time. So they they have a limited amount of time to ask you you know your actual football IQ. Some some teams have a whiteboard in there and you're drawing plays for them. Some t- teams are just asking you. Um, right off the top of their head and, and, and giving you formations and how you adjust to them. Uh, other teams are asking you about your family and your favorite types of food and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So <laughs> you can't really prepare, I, I guess, to to the full extent of, like, you can't, ex- you're not really sure what you're going to get. Um, some, some teams would have, um, you know, some plays up on the screen and you walked in and then it would be, uh, we would call it a low light tape. So it'd be all your mistakes in college and the, all the ones you did they make you and, watch them. Yes. Yes, they did. Some teams did that. Uh, some teams would, you know, put your highlight tape on and, you know, sit there and ask you, you think this was a good play? Yes or no. And, you know, you know, obviously you're thinking yes, yes, but like, what, what do they want to hear kind of thing, but you don't want to change too much just because of the environment you're in. You want to stay true to yourself and, and trust in what you're building and why you're there and stuff like that. So, just going with confidence was the key to me kind of thing. Jordan, can you stick around yeah, after, after the news? Because I want to talk to you about your, your draft day sure. experience and obviously your last couple of years with the Eskimos and, and, uh, and the season coming up. We are live at Commonwealth Stadium, Inside Sports, keeping you updated on the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
CFL draft, the Eskimos take defensive lineman Matthew Betts, third overall out of Laval. 2-1 Bruins lead the Blue Jackets. That is after the first period. We're back after the news. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 2-1, Colum- or uh, pardon me, Boston leading Columbus 2-1. That is after the first period in Columbus. The 76ers lead the Raptors 23-22. That is with about two and a half minutes left in the first quarter. CFL draft underway. Third overall, the Eskimos get defensive lineman Matthew Betts out of Laval. Fourth overall. Uh, Winnipeg has taken Drew Desjardins out of Windsor. He is 6'2", 307 pounds. Reed Wilkins joined by Eskimos defensive back Jordan Hoover. 6'2", 307. <laughs> wow. O-lineman. Big boy. Big boy. Uh, you got to go all the way around yeah, him if you, you want to get to the quarterback. You do. That's a long way around. <laughs> uh, and congratulations to you on uh, the next step in your journey. All right, Jordan, thanks a lot for stopping by. It's, uh, it's great to get to know you a little bit. We were talking, uh, started talking about your draft experience, the combine and the interviews. Okay, draft day. Mm-hmm. Did you, wow. I mean, some of it's televised, and then uh, some of it you just kind of got to follow. Were you, were you sitting there? Were you nervous? Did yeah, you? I mean, I remember going through, you know, all of the emotions. Um, you know, I went from wanting wanting to watch the door, uh, sorry, watch the draft, you know, locked in my room by myself behind the closed door to sitting in front of all my friends and family. Then, then uh, so I did end up um, having a little draft party at my girlfriend's house. Uh, lots of lots of friends and family present. Um, you know, um, obviously the dream was to get drafted. To me at the time, it didn't matter where, when. I just wanted an opportunity to play. Um, you know, my, my draft and my past, uh, my story is a little bit different. Uh, you know, I had to work really hard. You know, I played for a university team that is at the time struggling, now doing a lot better. Uh, university of Waterloo um, had won, you know, two 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 games in, in the four years I played there. Um, you know, I went 1-7, uh, 1-7, 0-8, 0-8. So even the, the back two back end two games I hadn't had a win coming into the whole draft process combine season so for me um the biggest thing was you know promoting myself at the combine level and so it was a big focus on being you know mentally and physically prepared for that because that was really my opportunity to stand out you know it's it's hard to stand out on a team that is struggling to even get a win um i know the oua is a, a top tier you know um a division but uh you gotta you gotta be winning games you know but um Thankfully, I had a good showing at the combine, and and like we had discussed earlier, a lot a lot of consideration and putting value on a player comes from their game film, which I had a lot of from Waterloo. Um, and thankfully, uh, Edmonton took a chance on me in the fourth round. I didn't have to uh, wait too too long, but uh, you know, I was always thankful for the opportunity. You bring up those records in Waterloo, unfortunately familiar for Alberta Golden Bears fans. Some mm-hmm. some moment eight seasons on their ledger recently. They were in Canada West playoffs a couple of years ago, lost to the to the Calgary Dinos. But yeah, you talk about getting noticed on those on those teams and probably if your team isn't doing as well maybe the scouts aren't paying as much attention to you and maybe they're thinking okay this hoover kid mm-hmm. is is making plays mm-hmm. but i wonder if they're asking themselves 
okay, is he actually right. th- that good or is he just a good player on a bad team? And, right. and maybe yeah. he wouldn't be, look as good on another team. You must have had to overcome that a little bit. Yeah, so that, like I said, exactly why I thought the combine was uh, it was so important to me. as a Because at the combine, it is an individual event, right? Right. You are promoting yourself. You, you know, you, you are affiliated to your team and you want to represent your team and represent it well. But at the end of the day, this is your showing and your opportunity. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's easy to be noticed on a team that's you know vanya caliber and right. you know the star receiver or quarterback or db on those teams making the plays on the on the big stage but you know you have you know guys like you know jesse just one second overall came came to waterloo at a time where we his first two years he never won a game and now just second overall pick that just goes to show you how you know speaking for waterloo how the whole culture is changing but at the same time like if you have the talent and the skill and the drive, the determination, the scouts are going to find you no matter where you're hitting. Um, sometimes they might have to look a little bit harder on the, those bottom you know, place teams, but if you're there, they'll find you. Absolutely, I believe that. Jordan Hoover from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports. We're live at Commonwealth Stadium tonight. Third overall, the Eskimos have taken defensive lineman Matthew Betts out of Laval. Okay, well, let, let's go uh, back a little bit. Where'd you grow up? Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, a little uh, northern town, population of about, 75,000. All right. And when did you start playing football? Uh, eight years old. And who got you into it? Uh, you know, I just, it was just the thing to do. I think at the time, uh, <laughs> my dad, my dad is a hockey player. So we come from a hockey family and I, you know, I remember having a conversation with my mom and my, and my dad was on the phone and, you know, we're, you know, like a young uh, hockey draft and where we we're going to go. And we just, I have a twin brother. I should start with that. I okay. Guess. So we were both kind of saying what we wanted to do. And we just said, no, not hockey. We, uh, we want it to be football. Your brother too. Yeah. Both of us together. What's his name? Uh, Brock. Brock okay. Hoover. Um, so it was, it was football right from eight years old and never looked back from there. I mean, I, I had an opportunity to play other sports, you know, I, you know, soccer, basketball, and kind of pick your favorite. But it was always football since the first time I put a, the, you know, the cleats on it at eight years old. I Do you remember what you liked about it? Um, I mean, did you watch a lot of CFL or NFL no, on TV? See, that's the thing. It was. <laughs> I, I, it, might, it might sound crazy, but I don't know if it was the competition between my brother and I all the time. You know, going at it in the backyard or just, you know, running into people at full speed. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I fell in love with it at an early age. Jonathan Kong. Defensive end out of Tennessee has been uh, taken by Winnipeg fifth overall. They had two two picks in a row, so another uh, defensive lineman going pretty high. Yeah, wow. So you start playing when you're eight. Yes. Now is that was that at a time you did, like did you dabble in every position, both sides of the ball, before you found one? You know what I've always been a defensive guy i don't know if you know what like growing up though uh my brother and i we were very small for our age so we were always like the small fast guys uh so i think you know showing up to a team at eight years old and being undersized they don't really know where to put you kind of thing so they just kind of probably gave me the uh yeah start them out at you know defensive back but that was it. It stuck. Since eight years old, you know, uh, that's it. 18 years of playing defensive back. I mean, I had the opportunity uh, at Waterloo and, and in, you know, our summer league to get on the offensive side of the ball to, you know, run a couple, you know, routes and catch the ball with the speed I had. But defense all the way. Oh, yeah, entirely. Mm-hmm. All right. So you go to university, you get drafted by the Eskimos. What do you remember about showing up at uh, at Eskimos training camp, maybe some of the first drills? I mean, I know at the time you probably were telling yourself you were right. prepared. Were you actually prepared looking back? I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the politically correct answer is yes, I was prepared, but let's, let's be honest here. Um, it was overwhelming. There was times, you know, where you could ask yourself, 
do I belong here? What am I doing here? You're, you know, from from a kid at Waterloo and from a small town in Northern Ontario to getting drafted. I mean, it was you're on a team at the time. I remember seeing, you know, Mike Riley, Darius Bowman. You know, there's these big names that I was watching in high school, and now they're my teammates. And oh yeah, now go cover him and stop Mike from throwing them the ball, kind of thing. So you're just like, whoa, it's very surreal. You know, you almost come in here shell shocked, but you got to remember, you know, have confidence in yourself. Like the team saw something in you and you they you deserve to be here you put in the work and stuff like that so you know I did it struggle internally you know um battling myself I think but uh yeah wow what like it was just quite the experience like it just just taking it in but then you know the first whistle goes and you don't have time to think you're right into that first drill going you know what I mean so it was just uh, it just but by the time you took it all in you're already halfway through the first drill and then it, and then it's just football I mean it's just football so what was the internal competition like were the vets and other young guys were you were you helping each other out or yeah did you kind of have to be like no 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 we're all like kind of against each other well that's you know that's always the debate is like where do you draw the line but i, I mean the, we all have one common goal you know what i mean so there's there's this sport is about competition, competition against the other teams in the league, but competition even within your own players group. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you can only have certain so many people on the field at once and everybody wants to be that one person. So there's never like, you know, the friction of like two guys that are like always going at it because they think they deserve to be out there over the other. It's, it's the guys are always challenging you to, to better each other there's never you know like a a huge rivalry or like any days i can remember like too much animosity amongst our groups it was like a close-knit family always always challenging each other and always trying to hold each other accountable and bring out the best uh, uh, you know most potential and the best you are as a player from within each other so i mean i can't there's never much of a you know what i mean like never much of it. it's not um i'm not really sure where i'm trying to go with this but there's never like a like you're, you're going to give a guy a cold, yeah, a cold shoulder exactly. if he, yeah, if he, exactly, or you know, right. if you know how to play something, you're going to pass on exactly. knowledge you might have. What do you remember about your first game? Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, are we talking preseason or regular? season? Well, we'll do regular season. Uh, first regular season, I just I remember being on the starting kickoff, and like I remember in preseason getting like those like pre like jitters out of the way like that was like your first official pro game but like the first official pro game like I remember being in BC and and, and running with the wave on kickoff and watching the ball go up and, and just like all the fans and, and the guy returning it and it's just like this is this is unbelievable this is so surreal and then it's just you're right back into it and it's football like I the amount of times you know I think I've been uh, dressed for 35 of 36 games in the last two years and you know it's amazing to run out of the tunnel and see all the fans, but as soon as that game starts, you just—it's just all you see really is the field. It's right. just football, you know what I mean? Don't you try not to get caught up too much in in what you're seeing, other than the game itself, but because it's it's your job, you know, you're still it's still to, to to perform your job and perform it well. Adjustments in terms of the, uh, you know, I guess the you're you're playing now men, you're playing better players i mean right it goes from youth sports to now right. the the best in the best in canada what what sort of adjustments did you find well obviously the speed the speed was mm-hmm. the first thing you notice i mean you could have been the fastest guy in college arguably and now you're arguably maybe one of the slowest guys on your team <laughs> compared to some of these guys you're covering so i mean um the obviously the that um the mental the mental 
part of the game, um, knowing the playbook and all the transitions and just like having a defense that changes based on a formation that the offense may possibly be coming out and how you, as a safety, how you um, make the transition to fit that offense as a defense. And you're in charge. You're the you're the de- defense's quarterback in a way, right? You're telling everyone how to get into position and stuff like that. Uh, so obviously uh, the mental one, but uh, also the fact that everybody is good. Like everybody is incredible athletes. Like in college, you might, you know, you might get away with knowing a guy on the offense isn't really going to get that look because, you know, there's better guys that can maybe around him. But like here, he's not just the fifth option. He's no option. Right. Exactly. Now it's everybody's an option. Like the quarterback is going to make his reach. He's going to find the open guy. You and you have to like everybody, like everybody's a threat now kind of thing. So it just. The competition, everything, everybody, everything is increased. Everything's heightened, like the speed, the mental aspect, the physicality. Like you said, they're men now, right? Uh, and these are their jobs. They're trying to feed their families. Like they, you're, if you're trying to beat them, you're trying to take the food off their plate kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So no one gives that up lightly. So it's uh, very, very competitive out here. Jordan Hoover from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports. We're live in Commonwealth Stadium. The transition for you. So your your college team didn't make the playoffs. No. So you played 16 games your last two years yes. of U Sports, mm-hmm. and then you've played 18 and 17 games. Yes. So, because <laughs> some guys struggle with that, right? There yeah. have been guys well, you know, both both from NCAA and U Sports. They peter out well, late in the season. Well, for some teams, and you know, like I I made the joke one time, uh, like in my first year at Waterloo you were only expected to play eight games. We weren't making playoffs. It was just, uh, it was just a fact at the time, unfortunately. Uh, like I said, completely different now. So coming into a league my first year, we played 18 and then played two playoff games. So we played 20 games. So I almost fit three of my Waterloo seasons into right. one. So part of being a pro is making that adjustment is how do you adjust to the pro level and how, and how you're taking care of your body and stuff like that. That was the biggest factor for me. So I actually uh, fought through an injury my first year and I fought it for, you know, a couple of weeks to the point you know, where it got, you can't play. You're not mm-hmm. playing this game. I think it was maybe game 14 out of the 18-game season, and it just it just got to a point where my body didn't really know how to adjust to, to the length of the season at the time. So my big off-season focus that year was, rehabilitating my body and taking care of it and learning how to be a pro in that aspect that I, I never, I kind of took for granted. I like you, you love to play the sport and stuff, but you forget how much goes into it, how much practice, how the toll it, it is on your body. It's different than playing the eight. I mean, you got all those extra practices, all those extra games. The games are the easy part. You just go out there, the adrenaline's kicking, flying around, but a lot of injuries happen in practice, you know, like stuff you can't control and you just got to prepare your body as best as you can to be able to withstand you know, 20, 20 something weeks of football. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, about last year. Obviously you guys missed the playoffs mm-hmm. despite going nine and nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're looking out on the brick field at Commonwealth stadium, seven and two at home, two and seven on the road. Mm-hmm. So a win or two away from home, you know, you would have got in mm-hmm. and I, I mean, you guys had what four or five, six second halves where you just both sides of the ball, a player two might've won it and just, just didn't get made. I mean, does that still nag at you a bit? Of course. I mean, I would be lying if I say it didn't. Um, I mean, 
we, we tried to win those games. It's as simple as that. There's at no point did anybody say, ah, well, you know, next game, we're not worried about this one. Like, we're out there to compete the best we can. Uh, we trust the guys that are on the field, the coaching staff in place, you know. We're all there to do a job. Like I said, we all have one common goal, and, uh, you know, the cards didn't fall our way. And, uh, you know, at the, the, the people you line up across from, they're trying to win the game too. Sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't, but it for sure was never because of lack of effort. All right. Well, Jordan, I'm really glad you stopped by uh, sharing some of your memories of getting drafted in 2017. I think we covered, well, we left out a few parts of your career. We'll save those uh, save those for next time. Um, you know, we've had uh, Ryan King on a couple of times about the CBA negotiations, so hopefully those are done and you guys are out there uh, on time for, for May 19th. And, and you got a lot of new teammates to get to know, too. That's both right. sides of the whole, three new linebackers to start with on yeah, your side of the new, ball. New, uh, uh, new look defense, I guess you could say, but... Uh, uh, excited to meet them, excited to uh, get to know them, and very excited to get to play next to them. Jordan, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate your appreciate time. So Excellent much. interview. That is Thank Jordan you. Hoover, defensive back for your Edmonton Eskimos, who have taken Matthew Betts, defensive lineman, third overall in the CFL draft. 2-1 Boston leading Columbus five minutes into the second period. We're back after the break. <laughs> Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This is on left wing for Marchand, looking for his first point of the series. To the high slot, Bergeron shoots, he scores! Patrice Bergeron wired one in from the high slot and ripped over the glove hand. The Bruins with a power play goal, lead it 2-0. Judge Surratt on the Bruins Radio Network with the call. Artemi Panarin with a reply for Columbus. All the scoring in the first period, six and a half minutes into the middle session. It is 2-1. Boston leading Columbus. The Blue Jackets lead the series two games to one. Sharks and Avalanche will face off at 8 o'clock. Reed Wilkins at Commonwealth Stadium tonight, keeping you updated on the CFL draft. We just had a great chat with Jordan Hoover, 2017 draft pick of your Edmonton Eskimos, to, told uh, his story. Really good to talk to Jordan. We'll have to have him on the show again. And uh, we will have Kelly Rudy in the next half hour of Inside Sports. Uh, Dave Campbell and or Morley Scott. Well, I'm not sure which, but they're both in the next room. So we'll wrangle one at some point uh, to give us their thoughts as well. But first, how about the man who ultimately made the pick today for the Edmonton Eskimos, selecting Matthew Betts, defensive lineman out of Laval, third overall. Here's general manager Brock Sunderland. What do you like about Matthew Betts? Everything. Pass rusher, pure football player. The analogy we use to describe him is he's a Canadian John Chick in his prime. Mm-hmm. So he's the highest player on our board. And, you know, we understand there's a little bit of risk because the NFL, but he wasn't drafted. So that changes things. You know, there's no guarantee he'll be here, but a little bit less of a chance that he sticks for longer because he wasn't a draft pick. How comfortable are you with the depth, obviously, you know, being that you have to wait for him, but how comfortable are you the depth, with the depth being that you have Kwaku as a starter and specifically the depth behind him? Well, if Betts is here, we feel really good about it. Yeah. So, But we have some other guys that we think can play. I mean, Mackey's a guy that can go inside and outside, very productive on the interior last year. We signed Andrew Marshall. He's primarily a special teams guy, but he can play defensive end. And then we have our draft pick from last year that from Acadia that you know we think the arrow's up on him as well. Big so now. big now. There's some guys there, and we're confident in them. But overall, you know, our philosophy, my philosophy, is you take the best player available. Look, if he's a fifth-round pick, we're not taking him at number three as an undrafted free agent. We're rolling the roll of dice a little bit for how talented he is. You've done okay in that fifth round. <laughs> <laughs> We've done all right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just talk about his skill set. Like, what makes him so good? 
Uh, the first thing is his quickness off the ball. He wins a lot of matches right at the snap. Uh, he's got a high, high motor. Uh, he's relentless, and he's got a skill set and a repertoire pass rush moves. He can use speed to power. He can spin. Like I said, he can win off the ball. Uh, we call it boring the corner where you dip your shoulder, you lean, and you close on the quarterback. And it wasn't just at the U-sport level. When he was down in the All-Star Games in the U.S., he was beating pretty good American tackles down there, too. So we certainly think his game translates to the CFL. Was he the guy that you wanted? Was there a little sense of relief when he didn't go at number two? We were ready. We had, you know, pick a number three. We we had a, a list of we had two players that were targeting. I won't say who the other guy is, but he was he was the number one guy on our board. So when you get the number one player in the draft, in your opinion, at number three, you take it. All right, that is Brock Sunderland. Very happy to get defensive lineman Matthew Betts third overall. He calls him a Canadian John Chick in his prime. Well, that's pretty good if he winds up playing in Canada for the Eskimos. As we were talking about earlier, he has uh, signed on with the Chicago Bears, so he's trying to make that team. You'll hear from head coach Jason Moss as we roll along tonight as well. We'll keep you updated on the Eskimos' uh, next pick as these drafts sometimes go, well, all the time. First round or two tends to take, uh, they tend to take a little longer. We are on pick number, uh, what are we on now? Pick number uh, pick number eight, Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Alex Fontana Offensive lineman out of Kansas just went eighth overall to the Ottawa Red Black. Morley Scott's going to check in at 7.05. You'll hear from Kelly Rudy. We'll keep you updated on the hockey and basketball playoffs. Uh, Raptors not looking good. They are down nine early in the second quarter to the Philadelphia 76ers. We're back after the news live at Commonwealth Stadium. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.